When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's standing between you and happiness? Is it you? Are your own feelings a roadblock preventing you from achieving your goals? Have you thought about talking to someone but are uncertain or unsure of where to start? BetterHelp.com online counseling is there for you. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with licensed professional counselors, caring professionals specializing in the issues that you want to talk about. Depression, stress and anxiety, trauma, grief, self-esteem, and others. Connect with your counselor in a safe and private environment. Get help at your own time and at your own pace. You can even get help with, I don't know, anger issues with your baseball team, perhaps? Schedule secure video and phone sessions or text your therapist, all included worldwide, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. And for Three Swings listeners, you can get 10% off your first month with discount code BASEBALL. If you've been wanting to get started talking today, go to betterhelp.com baseball and simply fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get you matched with a counselor that you'll love and one that you can always change. That's betterhelp.com baseball, promo code BASEBALL. Forever. What's up, Freebies? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rio Butcher, the host of your show, Three Swings. Uh, this episode is a special one. Um, it's going to be just one one great interview um, that I'm real excited about. Uh, I've been meaning to get this person on this podcast for a minute, but I'm sometimes technology averse but i took a big step and went outside of my comfort zone and got my skype to work and it worked pretty dang good um the interview is with one parker malloy that you may know from various uh publications uh specifically the guardian in this case um she had a really wonderful piece about the rickets um and the cubs going into this season and the sort of ricketsification of said cubs and the complications of being a fan of a team that is very interconnected not only with uh, specifically capitalism but the republican party and donald trump himself so uh it's a really wonderful interview i had a really great time talking to parker and uh i hope that everyone enjoys it um the Machado news just broke on the internet and it's pretty wild. So I'm not sure exactly what to think of it other than, I mean, I'm happy that he has a job because he's one of the best 
third baseman in the game, even if he's going to play shortstop. Um, you know, I've talked before about his performance in the World Series. I think it definitely, you know, created a, uh, an issue in the offseason, but I don't think that it should have, you know, tanked his prospects in the way that it sort of felt like it was doing. And, um, you know, I think... It's interesting that he's gone with the Padres. Obviously, the money is uh, 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 very nice, and the weather is pretty dang great. Um, They're also the Padres, but, you know, the Padres hit the ball a lot. I watched them play quite a bit over the summer, and they did beat the Dodgers many times. So I think that, you know, with their prospects and their farm system that they've got going, they'll be a pretty great team in not too many seasons. And so... While I don't think that this um, fixes the free agent market whatsoever, in fact, it might have adverse adverse effects on it, but we'll find out. Um, I do think that it does one thing, which is uh, a, quote, bad team going for big talent, and I'm glad to see that happening. I don't think it fixes anything. I don't think it necessarily changes all of it but I do think that it's a positive for the league and I think it's a positive for the players and I'm glad that Manny Machado is going to be playing baseball very soon so I'm curious to see where Harper ends up Um, there's still a lot of unsigned free agent arms out there which is why I go back to the uh, this doesn't fix the free agent market issue because there are still many highly talented players out there and they are not getting picked up Um, But we will discuss that more at length in our, you know, spring training episode that's going to be, you know, March is right around the corner and uh, spring training is real close, which I'm real excited about. So we'll get a little bit more into that when spring training gets a little bit closer. But for now, please enjoy this interview with Parker Malloy. Three B's. Diamond Dogs, Athletic Gerbils. I'm very excited about this interview. It's an interview with a person, a Chatsky, if you will, the person that I've been trying to get on the podcast for a while. And I say trying as though it's been difficult. It hasn't. I just don't like technology and I didn't want to learn how to plug in my phone. But guess what? Today I learned how to do that. Um, And I am so stoked to have a writer and baseball fan extraordinaire, Parker Malloy. Parker, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing all right. Awesome. Just, just chilling around. Yeah, just uh, really whooping it up on this President's Day, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I drove past the sign the other day that said, Happy President's Day. And I was like, who is this for? I mean, even before <laughs> any of this, like literally, who is this for? Yeah, like who's who's like amped up? Like we really have to get like, you know, it's like the tradition of President's it's Day. Super weird. I mean, it's just sales mostly. But now all of a sudden it's like, a real thing it's not a real thing so because i work from home i um i tend to just not know when anything is ever happening yeah of course i'm gonna be like you know i'll be like oh yeah cool i'll send that to you by monday and they're like i won't be here monday and i'm like what holiday holiday it's february (laughs) martin luther president's day sure yeah that should be a real thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I was excited to find out I had a, had a three-day weekend on, like, Thursday of last week. I was yeah. like, oh, I mean, shit. same yeah. for me. I was driving this morning, and I was like, what's up with the freeways? Like, extra wide lanes. <laughs> nobody's driving. Oh, right. Nobody's going to work. It's oh, President's yeah. Day. Um, so, Parker, you are a baseball fan. Do you care to uh, share with me um, the team and or teams that you're fans of? And I'd also love to hear, like, how you came to be a baseball fan. Ah, uh, yes. So, 
Um, yes, I am a I, I am a baseball fan, and as someone who's lived in in and around Chicago my whole life, I am a Chicago Cubs fan. What? And yeah, <laughs> I you know, and it was I was a Cubs fan, fan before it was cool to be a Cubs fan. It's cool to be a um, Cubs fan. I don't I'm think just it teasing is. You. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I've had so many Cubs fans. Well, so many. It's like two, I think. But it is funny to have Cubs fans on my podcast because I have such a chip on my shoulder about the 2016 yes. World Series. So it'll be great to talk to you about it. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it was it was pretty sweet. Um, no, yeah, it so- wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But no, I, I'm I'm curious yeah. to hear more about the. Uh, before it was cool thing because I find that to be pretty interesting because I actually think that is who I have my problem with the most you know as like a not a Cubs fan I guess I would say myself and also my biggest issue was personally was I like became a Cubs fan in 2015 just like out of fun and I really set myself up to to hurt a lot but it was really like the bandwagon fans that I experienced like that year. And then the following years that I was like, this is, these people are terrible. So I'm sure that you yeah. can relate in that way where you're like, where did you come from? <laughs> kind of annoying. It was like, cause it used to, so here's the thing. So, yes. you know, the, the backstory on my, on my Cubs fandom, um, I, I grew up in a household where, where the, the team that we all cheered for was the White Sox. And as a, you know, some people have like cool rebellions where they're like, I'm going to go and start drinking and smoking, you know, like all those like <laughs> sure. typical things. But I was a giant loser in like high school. And I, I say that as if I'm not still like that. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, but so anyway, so so in high school, I was just like, you know what? I'm a Cubs fan. <laughs> wow. That was my rebellion was was being like, I am a Cubs fan. And um yeah, it was, and it was pretty sweet because then it was, you know, it was something like, it was like 2001 that I was first kind of like really like full on all about the Cubs instead of the Sox. Wow. But then, you know, it's like 2003 came around and they were good and it was really cool. And then it Broke ended very, very, very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then he, you know, so I grew up in the suburbs around Chicago and I, I moved moved to the city for, for college. And um, for about a year, I lived about four blocks from Wrigley Field, which was, which was pretty cool. It was, uh, it was a terribly expensive and, and amazingly tiny apartment, studio apartment. That um, sounds like Wrigleyville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was you know. And uh, so one thing I used to do, because I, I used to work these weird hours, because I was waiting tables at this uh, restaurant down the street called the Pick Me Up Cafe. Oh my God, I and, used to go in there all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I, lo- I love that place. Like, it's, it's yeah, cool. It's a and I, I was, the funny thing is, I, so I went there a few, like, like two or three years ago, because I worked there in 2006. And so I went there, it was, you know, probably 2016. So it was 10 years afterwards. And there was a, a photo, they had photos of like past staff members and stuff on the wall. And there was still a picture of me from oh, wow. 2006 up on the wall, which is, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, there's this old photo of me up on the wall. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah. So anyway, so I worked there and I would work all these weird hours. It would be like 11 PM to 7 AM or 10 PM to 6 AM or, you know, just these weird 
non-standard type hours. And then I would go and go to, go to class because I was in college at the time. Um, but then some, some days I would have no classes and I would have no work. And because my, um, my sleep schedule was all over the place, like 1 PM ended up being like my, like, 8 p.m., you know, the right, equivalent. Yeah. So, so, so it'd be like a Cubs day game, and I'd be like, well, I suppose I should go out tonight, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> it would be like, be like one one oh five start and so I'd walk down to walk down to Wrigley, wait until I'd wait until like the the second or third inning and then by then there'd be someone just selling tickets for like five bucks each. So I'd buy one, go in and, you know, have like watch the game and have have a couple beers because it was like, well, it's weird if I'm just drinking by myself at one in the afternoon. But if I'm sitting Not in a, a stadium, Cubs game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and at a certain point, I realized I had a drinking problem. Sure. So, you know, yes. It's one of those things where I was like, oh, no, the fact that I'm like really d- desperate to have a beer at one in the afternoon might say something about yeah, me. That and that's might, not good. It might be something. <laughs> yeah. So. So anyway, so that was, uh, you know, that was fun. Then I, uh, you know, I've, I've just sort of moved around the city a little bit since then, but I'm still kind of in the area. Um, but, yeah, it was it was the toughest part was in 2005 when um when the White Sox won the World Series and my dad's like, see what you get? See what you get for betraying. <laughs> oh, man. So was there yeah. a part of you that was like happy about that win at all? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, like some people are really like, oh, I hate the Sox because I love the Cubs and I hate the Cubs because I love the Sox. You know, but like I'm, I'm just I'm one of those sports fans where I'm just happy for things to happen. And like when they lose, it's like, ah, that sucks. Yeah. But, like that's kind of that's kind of it. Like not one of those sports fans that when, when a team loses, I get like, you know how some people get like angry? Yes. <laughs> you know, they're angry and they're like, ah, oh, that, that bum and yelling at, you know, yelling at, uh, people. Like there was, there was a video of someone leaving a, a bears game, uh, after, after they, the, the kicker missed, missed the last field goal. But, and, but the kicker didn't miss the last field goal. It was, it was deflected. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was yeah. I mean, I could see how like on field it looked like he missed it, but like yeah, upon but, like, further people, review, <laughs> there were people leaving the stadium like yelling like "kill him." Jesus. You know? Yeah. Like, you need to chill. You just dial it like way, way, way back. Yeah, because uh, like a couple years ago, the Bears were so much worse than this. So like, yeah. I mean, I was yeah. just talking to someone yesterday who's a Mariners fan, and I was like, I've watched my team lose the World Series, like. You know, well, my my team, I've I've watched them lose the World Series three times in my lifetime. And she was like, that must have been so great. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> That's a yeah. good point to think about it yeah. that way. I mean, I don't always. And it's it's tough to think about it that way because you have to be like humble and you have to really lay your sword down or whatever. Um, but it is true. It's like the opportunity is is also a win, you know? Yeah, it's it's still kind of it's like it, I don't know it's it, it's cool being at games where like good things are happening and cool cool things are happening around you and people are cheering and it's it's exciting and it, and it feels it feels good and it's you know you get that that like that energy and you know shared experience sort of thing but you know it's like when a team loses it's like that's sad but at the same time it's like it is just a game yeah <laughs> it know? is it is and, really just a game. Yeah, but like it's, you know, and and it's and it's unfortunate, but at the same time, you know, it, it doesn't really affect your life in a big way, you know, or it it 
I it guess only it does if you let it, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, do, it totally does if you allow it to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, you're speaking to the collective experience. And so um, something that we have in common, other than being baseball fans, is we're both queer baseball f- fans. And do you find that 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 collective experience is something that you um, get to experience often? Or do you feel like... Um, like how much do you go to games at Wrigley these days? And like, as, as a Cubs fan, but also as a baseball fan, like, do you feel, cause it's been, it's been a topic the past couple seasons, um, yeah. like inclusive and the inclusion of, you know, different types of fans and also, you know, uh, women, I'm k- kind of yeah. a woman, like people, a lot of people think I'm a woman. <laughs> so, Kind of, sort of, kind of, I mean, that's the bathroom I use when I go to a stadium. You know what I mean? It's like when I go to a stadium, a lot of people think I'm a woman. So that experience as, as, as someone who, who has been in the, in the Wrigley field men's rooms yes. in, in the past, it, it's, it's, it's better to not be in there. So, oh, you know. <laughs> I, yes, I prefer it. Definitely. It's just mostly, you know, sure. it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's a tough experience. I will say, and I think I've talked about this before, but I, uh, I, I was lucky to get to throw out a first pitch for the athletics in 2017, um, for their LGBT night. And they were one of the first uh-huh. teams, if not the first team to have an LGBT night. Um, but I got to tell you that night, not only myself, but like other people were experiencing using the bathroom at that stadium in such a different way. It was such a wild experience to like kind of all collectively be going into this bathroom with like our eyes down and then all look at each other and be like, oh, we don't have to do that today. Oh, it's safe. <laughs> you know, it was really wild. And like, I just think, you know, people don't really think about that because that's not their experience like even if they're allies or you know trying to do the right thing, whatever you still don't have the experience of that and so then to experience that night because like sean doolittle and aaron dolan have like sean is so cool i mean he's there and they're both so they're so lit on twitter i don't know if you saw today he's like going off about how new era hats is basically union breaking um but anyway, I'm like rambling on and I asked you a question, so I'd love to hear the answers. We can talk about Sean at whatever point, but like that sure. was just a, that was a wild experience. And um, I'm curious your your thoughts on that. And I think it relates back to your team and also this piece that you wrote um, last week uh, sure. for The Guardian. The Cubs are no yeah. longer lovable losers, but has the team lost its soul, which I thought was a really great piece and everybody should check it out um, just as baseball fans. And it's right in the wheelhouse of this show, I think. So... Um, what has that experience been either the past couple of seasons or the whole time? Like how have you experienced that as like a queer fan? Sure. Sure. So, so the, the last two, cause so every once in a while, whenever I'm like really just trying to not write about politics or media or, you know, all the yeah. things that, that rot my brain away, I just, I'm just sort of like, I need to write about sports <laughs> yeah. just because it's, it's so different. And, you know, and, and what I end up always doing in these, these pieces about sports, which I think, I think my editor at the guardian likes if, if not, at least he leaves it in the pieces and doesn't say anything. Um, is that I just kind of like, you know, I'll talk about sports, but then I always end up sort of tying in some sort of personal philosophical kind of kind of thing and so in this in this piece about um you know the the most recent guardian piece i had um kind of if actually ties back into the piece that i wrote before that uh about the cubs which came out last august yes and it was 
so it was, it came out, it was right after the Cubs traded for Daniel Murphy. And I felt very <laughs> conflicted and uncomfortable. And I didn't, you know, it was one of those things where I, I, I didn't want to, you know, uh, like I, I had just lost my job at that, at that time. So I didn't have money to, you know, like in, in 20, 2016, I was like, oh, I'm going to donate to, uh, one of those charities that was going around where it was like every time, uh, Chapman has a strikeout or gets a save or whatever, it was like donate 20 bucks to whatever. Right. And, you know, it was like, that was, that was one way to kind of, uh, not feel guilty, I guess, uh, about that. But you know, I didn't. I didn't have any money at the time. Right. Maybe so you when, feel when less traded, guilty. Yeah. Yeah. When they <laughs> when they traded for um when they traded for Murphy. So I was just sort of like, you know, he had this like he had this really kind of homophobic statement. You know, he said what well, he was talking about um Billy Bean, not the not the A's GM, but the other um the other Billy the other Bean, one. the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, he he said, I disagree with his lifestyle. I do disagree with the fact that Billy is a homosexual. And it's sort of like that's that's a weird thing to say. It's like, a super weird thing to say. I do disagree with the fact that he is this. I don't understand like, how. I mean, it's it's to me, it's because um, I've talked about Daniel Murphy, and the thing sure. to me about him is that he seems like somebody that it's possible to have a conversation with. You know what I mean? Where like because the things he said after that to me yeah. make that statement even more confusing that it's like what yeah. what does that statement actually and i wish and this I goes for Aroldis Chapman and, and the DV stuff that we're dealing with. And um, I'm not equating homophobia to no, domestic right. violence at all. And I don't think you are either um, no, no. that everyone wants to just move on from everything so quickly in baseball. And I think in general, but we're, we're talking about baseball where there's no, um, confrontation of the actual thing you know so no one's saying like well daniel what does that mean right <laughs> how can you disagree <laughs> with a person for existing that doesn't yeah that doesn't do anything except like let you off the hook it's like somebody that's like i <laughs> i um personally i would never get an abortion but i'm not going to tell somebody else they can't it's like well just don't say the first part yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't say the first part and keep that in your heart like yeah i'm not going to tell no one... somebody that they have to say publicly that they think me being gay is fine. They don't have to say that. They also don't have to say that they think it's terrible. You can just keep your mouth shut and you can pray for me if that's what you believe is, is yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you you are a leader of a, of a sport. You're getting paid maybe less than you should be getting paid because I believe you should be paid a, a living wage and you know, <laughs> we're getting into all that stuff. But, um, you know, children are listening that's yeah. al that's always my big thing and like if you think this stuff is is something that kids shouldn't hear about then you just don't need to talk about it you can just walk on by you know um yeah, yeah. and, and well, didn't it, he also say in that uh to speak to the fan part like somebody asked uh -huh. him like what do you say to the like lgbt fans of the cubs and he's like i hope they'd be fans i hope they, I hope they show up or something like that yeah. i hope there's you know and it's like i don't think <laughs> That was what was kind of disappointing because he was he was, you know, eventually asked about it. And he had years, you know, he had like two years to kind yeah, of think where about nobody or, was really talking to him about it. Yeah. And so someone asked and, you know, people were, you know, a little, little on edge. And he just sort of he, he 
he kind of sidestepped it again. And, and that was, it's disappointing. It's not one of those things where it's like, like I, I don't, I don't hate or even dislike Daniel Murphy. Sure. I'm just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know? actually, I try not to have any hatred for any baseball players except yeah, for the ones that clearly have assaulted people. Um, because I think that's, pretty abhorrent assaulted people and have made no amends whatsoever you know like just trying to just basically getting away with it um uh and i I don't have hatred for daniel murphy i actually don't like him as a player homophobia aside like the way he plays the game i just don't like (laughs) he's so bad in the field and he's just like i I remember watching him once and being like shut up like i never he just was like (laughs) yapping at everybody and i'm like just just put your head down and play the damn game um yeah but yeah, it was that was such a wild because I remember when he 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 came out and said these things in in 2014 when the he was like having his biggest year, mm-hmm. uh, and it was like I I remember watching like I think it was maybe Noah Syndergaard or Jacob Degrom just going like he was just bringing it up you know because I think his experience was probably that experience that you and I have had which is like just mm-hmm. shut up about it or like he he had to hear yeah. about it a bunch so every time he had a microphone in his face he was like now's my opportunity to shut it down or whatever and i just remember watching like jacob Degrom be like could you just talk about our run you know like this is like irrelevant to regardless of how he felt about it it's like it's so irrelevant you know um but they did pick him up like the week of out at wrigley right Yep, it was so so they picked him up like right it was right before that. So it was one one of his first home games with the Cubs was going to be the out at Wrigley game and he yep. was leading off. Of so of course. It was it was just sort of one of those it was it was awkward. I you know, I I wasn't at the game, um, that game. However, the last Cubs game I went to, Daniel Murphy was there. It was it was Cubs versus Nationals. And um I remember, you know, because I, I didn't think that there was any chance he'd be on the Cubs. I'd be like, oh, Daniel Murphy, blah, blah, blah. And I, re- I remember leaning over to like Kayla and being like, this dude's like a major homophobe and he sucks and blah, blah, blah. And and also he made he made me very sad when he was on the Mets and, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. and, and ended the Cubs 2015 season, which I was I was at that. I was at one of those games, too, where he hit two home runs. So, yeah. Um, good times sure um but yeah like you know and and that game was awesome that i the last game i went to it was it was cubs nationals it was the one where cubs were down by three bases were loaded and uh david Bodie hit a hit a uh walk-off grand slam oh right <laughs> which yeah. was and which wasn't was that so cool first at bat uh not not like of the season, but oh, like okay. it was a it was a pinch hit it was grand a slam. Pinch hit grand slam. Okay, great. Yeah, which is which is still pretty cool. But yeah, yeah it was. Um, well, and actually, yeah. Speaking of uh, going back to Sean Doolittle, uh, I was at the game because uh, Sean was was like, "Hey, do you want tickets?" And I was like, "Well, yes," because <laughs> they were they were sold out. So these I had these amazing seats. But I was surrounded by Nationals fans. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was in their little, like, section. Yes. And that's so, what happened so, to me at the 2016 World Series. <laughs> I got tickets, and they were great <laughs> tickets. I was in Cleveland, surrounded by Cubs fans. And yeah. it was an awful experience. <laughs> it was terrible. And I'll tell yeah. you, what's wild to me um, is, you know, obviously on the on the face of everything... And, and mm-hmm. given the timing of that World Series, everybody was kind of going, well, Cleveland is Trump 
and the Cubs are maybe not Hillary because we know how divisive all of this was, but it was like if the the Cubs can defeat racism, right? Like that was kind of like this sort of unspoken and also spoken thing. And when I was sitting, I, that worked out. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting on the first base side, right? So that's the, the Cubs yeah. dugout. And um, the second game, one of the most like, I don't know if subtle is the word, but like just a very racist thing happened. Um, and it was Cubs fans that did it. Um, my oh. friend, who I'm not going to name because he's like a public figure, um, two of my friends, one who is white, Barack one who, Obama. Yeah, it was Barack <laughs> Obama. Uh, one who is black came down to the section to come say hi and watch. I was like, there's a bunch of free seats over here. I'm not sure why because it was game two. Um, you guys should just come by. And there was a seat. My friend was sitting in the seat, and then these two girls that clearly were not from that section that all these Cubs fans had been like, come on, to, you know, like did the sort of Chicago-y, like we're all in this together thing that I mm-hmm. experienced a lot when I lived in Chicago, which is nice. But yeah. then they had left, and my friend sat down. I was like, yeah, these two girls are sitting here. They're not their seats, and like I have tickets right here and whatever. And like mm-hmm. basically these Cubs fans like essentially like just stared at us in this way that was like he doesn't get to sit in that seat. And it was like, it was just a silent move that I will like never forget, you know? Um, yeah. And that's not to say, cause Cleveland, there were people in headdresses around me. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying my, my whole thing that, that what's been interesting with like all of this stuff that's sort of finally coming out about the Ricketts family is that like, it was both of these teams were Trump. They've always been Trump. Yeah. Like none there's no teams in baseball that aren't Republicans, you know, like, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I was, I was going to say that's such kind of pro sports in general. It's like when, exactly. you, when you have a, except have maybe a, the you know. NBA and maybe not the WNBA, like those two yeah, yeah. leagues might be the, but the exceptions, but, but not even complete exceptions. Of you course. know, it's like, yeah, there's no, you know, like, yeah, there's any, no anywhere you have far have left professional sports league. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere you have like a group of billionaires around, you're probably going to get a lot of Republicans. Yeah. You know, sort of like during, like the Super Bowl, you know, everyone's like, oh, the Patriots are Trump and, you know, um, and the Rams are not Trump, but both owners of owners of both teams donated like a million bucks to Trump's inaugural thing. So, you know, it was, it's lose, lose. And that, and that sort of, sort of comes, comes back to the, um, that the most recent, the one, the, the, the piece I wrote last week, you know, where it's my, my sort of feelings about, you know, everything that's changed with the team since the Cubs, um, since the Cubs were purchased by the Ricketts family and, you know, the sort of complicated emotions that I've had because before, before the Ricketts had owned the Cubs, they were owned by the the Tribune company, which makes the Chicago Tribune. They own the Los Angeles times for a long time. Um, you know, a bunch of TV and radio and just a giant media company. And, um, the, you know, the Cubs were the Cubs for my entire life. Right. Um, I, I, th- I think they, th- I think they owned, they owned the, um, they owned the Cubs from like 1981 until when they sold it to the Ricketts. So it was literally my entire life um, there. So that was kind of all I knew. But uh, then, you know, then it, to start the 20, 2007 season on opening day, the the Cubs announced that they're putting the team up for sale, which seems like a very weird thing to do like on opening day itself to be like BT dubs when this season's over, we're going to sell the right. team. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
because the because the Tribune had just been acquired by um, Sam Zell, who's this real estate billionaire dude, who um, who at, I ended up working at the Tribune company at one time, and I. I ran into him in the hallway and not like, not like ran into like as in saw, but like physically ran into <laughs> because I, I rounded a corner too much and just d- too closely. And he was wow, that, walking. Parker, that it. sounds like an eighties comedy about right? Chicago, you know, like and some... <laughs> he, I, the look this man gave me could oh, have God. like, could have just killed me on the spot. I'm shocked that it didn't, honestly. Because <laughs> I, you know, because I was like, oh my god, that's that's Sam Zell. He's 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 worth so much money, and you know, he could he could have me killed. Yeah, know? and like um, no one would know about it. Like no you'd one would just notice. be erased from the earth. <laughs> exactly. So you know, but but he just you know looked at me and walked on. But yeah. um, yeah, that was that was fun. That was. That was a, that was a terrible job to have at yeah. the time. I worked in I worked in classified ads. So oh wow, yeah, that was um, I, I I do not recommend doing that. Although I don't think that's a job anymore. It's not really a thing anymore. No, um, where people would call in and do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think my dad still does it. But other than that, I don't know that there's. I mean, there's definitely a market, you know. And I always wonder yeah. if those things will come back because of the way everything's going. That people are, and especially like younger people who are you know 24 to whatever 28 who are sort of like resistant to all this stuff or like not as into it because they're seeing the result of everything um so that gives me i don't have hope for anything because hope is like false (laughs) but it gives me like an understanding of possibility you know that like we might have anyway there there's always good things you know we're talking about very negative stuff but i think there's always uh, but, but the thing i wanted to get back to in your article that i i found Uh really fascinating because you don't just focus on the people you know um a lot of (laughs) when i would be vocally sort of anti-cubs or whatever which i'm trying not to do that anymore because it's rude (laughs) but you know you gotta you gotta get your shit out sometimes um because like so many people are yelling at me about my team and i'm like i'm trying (laughs) but (laughs) i'm trying as hard as i can um you're like I can't get them to change the I logo, but I'm they sorry. did drop it this year. I mean, I'm they not did. like that's I'm true. not like sending them roses, and I don't think it's because the name is still there, and that's not going to change. And ultimately, uh, to speak to Cleveland for a second, even if they change the name for a while, possibly forever, there will always be people who are rooting for that team as that name with that logo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, so we can't change everybody, but we can try. That's always been my motivation around it um but so many people would always be like but the sister voted for hillary and so did theo and i'm like but do they run the ship they don't like that's also great that's great but we should talk about the other stop deflecting and let's talk about this other thing because i'm happy to talk about all the bullshit with my team but i the thing i loved that you brought into it was not that and that the effect that it's had on the actual place you know Mm -hmm. um because we we also forget that baseball teams have never been you know a non-profit you know like major league baseball teams they've always been a money-making machine um but i think perhaps not to the extent that they are today in the sort of wall streeting moneyball algorithm of of it that's clearly heading towards some sort of movement if not this season next season um because it's kind of awful and the stadium of it all and the the sort of like being owned by these broadcast systems 
I mean, it's called Wrigley Field. That's a company. That's a brand that was named after people. So it's always been there. But there was a bit of the, you know, like, I, is it in your art article or, or something I was reading from like 2009 talking about like at least Carnegie believed in like well-designed libraries. <laughs> you know, it's like there was a point where we were being funded by these rich people and they at least seemed to care about society. But we have these billionaires now who don't care about society at all. And it's just like, I'm just going to make as much money out of this and I'm going to secede into within the country and not give anything back, you know? Look, there's nobody else on the planet like you, so why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? Helix Sleep built a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete, and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. So whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, like a plush or firm bed, with Helix, there's no more guessing or confusion. Just go to helix.com slash three swings, take their two-minute sleep quiz. It's very easy, and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. For couples, Helix can even split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and feel preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. You can't lose! Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off mattress orders for their President's Day sale. Get up to $200 off at helixsleep.com slash three swings. That's helixsleep.com slash three swings for $200 off your mattress order for their President's Day sale going on right now. Helixsleep.com slash three swings. What's standing between you and happiness? Is it you? Are your own feelings a roadblock preventing you from achieving your goals? Have you thought about talking to someone but are uncertain or unsure of where to start? BetterHelp.com online counseling is there for you. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with licensed professional counselors, caring professionals specializing in the issues that you want to talk about. Depression, stress and anxiety, trauma, grief, self-esteem and others. Connect with your counselor in a safe and private environment. Get help at your own time and at your own pace. You can even get help with I don't know, anger issues with your baseball team, perhaps? Schedule secure video and phone sessions or text your therapist, all included worldwide, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. And for Three Swings listeners, you can get 10% off your first month with discount code BASEBALL. If you've been wanting to get started talking today, go to betterhelp.com baseball and simply fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get you matched with a counselor that you'll love and one that you can always change. That's betterhelp.com slash baseball, promo code baseball. And I haven't been to like the Wrigley Field area. I don't think it for like four or five years. Ooh, you would you would probably not recognize it. I, I know that I won't because you so said like, I changed. don't know why I missed this McDonald's. And I was like, <gasps> are you kidding? Like, I didn't know right you know i didn't know i feel like i'm gonna because i spent a lot of time there you know i went to pick me up i took classes at io when it was still there like i have a very distinct memory of coming out of those classes people were smoking i was like hanging out with them and paul mccartney was playing and i could hear it you know Uh right there and it was such a unique city moment specific to chicago that i feel like all of that is gone you know yeah it's so so yeah it's it's so weird to see how much has changed but 
the weirdest part to me is that it's it's not all bad change and it's not necessarily good change. I right. don't know how you know I don't know how to feel about some of this stuff. So you know, for you, could you tell me some of the? Because I I also really love that part of the article. Is like, tell me some of the good changes and then tell me some of the bad changes. Sure, like how you sure. feel about so, it as a fan. So yeah, yeah. So one of the things that happened was so outside the stadium. Um, there used to, you know, it was just the outside of a stadium there was nothing there really, you know, immediately outside. One thing they built that's really cool is, um, this like little area where you can, there's, there's grass that I saw in the winter. They put like a, they put like a skating rink there, which is very cool. Where the the big macaroni was in like 2007 or eight, whenever that was. Yeah, exactly. It's like that I think is an upgrade. Absolutely. (laughs) In in my opinion, you know, it was just like a parking lot, like a a gravelly parking lot for a while. and that's the thing. It's like, so like stuff like that, there, there was that, you know, there was a parking lot. They got rid of that. And then they, um, you know, they, they, they fixed up the stadium a bit. The, the stadium, you know, was, was falling apart. Um, in, I remember it was, it was in like 2004, I think it was 2004, 2005. There was, there was a story about how pieces of concrete were falling down. <laughs> and so they didn't know what to do. So the team just decided to install nets to keep concrete from falling on fans' heads. Oh wow! Which doesn't seem like the best fix, but you Not know, long it was term, something for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the stadium clearly needed some like regular maintenance and upkeep kind of kind of work, and that was you know like obviously that stuff's appreciated. And they started, but then they then they started adding like little little scoreboards, kind of like these little like um, LED scoreboards, and that was okay too. And then they put in a giant one in the in left and right field, and that's it's it was kind of jarring, but at the same time now I I see it and I I it. it barely phases me um but it used to be going to wrigley field was such a low tech experience right you know you went and there was no there was no jumbotron there was no there's no uh like hot dog race thing there's no you know it was all just you the organ organ music and that was kind of it um and it was almost like the the lack of winning you know (laughs) quote winning it's not like they didn't win games but the lack of big time winning was made up for by that because yeah, you could, as a charming. baseball fan, regardless of whether you were a fan of the Cubs or not, because, I mean, I went to games, it was like getting to go to the games your parents and grandparents and great-grandparents got to go to. That, to me, was yeah. was always, like, the, the thing of Wrigley. It's like, I, I have not been to Fenway yet. Like, I would love to go. But those are what, the only two that are super old. And then it goes to Dodger Stadium, right? In terms yeah, of yeah. oldest stadiums. And, like, Dodger Stadium is old. It's from the late 50s early 60s but it's not the same it's not the same <laughs> you yeah, know? Wrigley Field is what it's a hundred and five years old now right so it's like it's 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 old and it's it, one thing that's cool is seeing like really old photos where you're like this is the exact same play like it's, yeah it's not that it's, different it was, yeah it was kind of this like little thing that was like preserved in time and you see like these photos where you could see out over the over the wall and you see just kind of nothing behind it or just like these low buildings and then you know they've been replaced by you know it's still still a lot of low um you know not there there aren't any skyscrapers in right. <laughs> um, yes. 
but, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's cool. And I, 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 you know, I, I like that and, you know, it was, it was neat. And, but then, you know, they, so they started putting those things in and it was fine, but then they also, let's see, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a problem with any of those changes actually, you know, like thinking about it. But, they like grew on you the way that yeah, using lights in the eighties was exactly. like, because I'm sure that people, when that start, people were probably, I, I know they yeah, were furious because <laughs> yeah, it yeah. changes everything. Yeah. They're like, we, we, we like the day games. And you know, one of the things when the Ricketts family bought bought it, I realized was one of the, one of the deals that they sort of made with the city of Chicago was that they were going to schedule more night games than they had before. Like, cause they were trying, because night games sell better than day games, right. um, which makes sense because baseball is kind of weird in that sense. <laughs> there are all these games that are just like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, you know, and you're like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. who, who could go to these things? How do you find tens of thousands of people to go to these things? Turns out you um, don't, especially when the tickets are 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, so, yeah. It's you, all television, you know, it's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with, with a lot of those changes. And, you know, while it was nice to see the, the, um, players on the field the bullpens used to just be down the baselines yes and you can kind of just see them kind of playing around and you know stuff like that they now move them i think they're underneath this underneath one of the like they're along the same area but underneath the seats is where the the bullpens are now so you know that that's that's fine and i'm i'm cool with it but one of the things that that they did that was kind of strange was so the Ricketts family has kind of been buying up property in the area you know other than just Wrigley Field so you've got you know the rooftops across the street and people used to just watch watch games from the rooftop it, it was kind of a way to you know uh like pirate the Cubs experience you right. know, to stand on a rooftop and and watch with binoculars I or remember something like that, that. <laughs> yeah and yeah and then you know, it was, it was like 15 years ago, they started building these like big structures, these like full on bleachers. And at that point, I think the Cubs were kind of like the hell guy. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> like you, You're selling admission up there. Right. Yeah. So we, you know, so, this billion dollar corporation need a cut of that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so the, you know, the, when the Ricketts family got it, they ended up uh, trying to make it, make a deal with, you know, the rooftop owners, they ended up just buying like 15 of them or something like that. 15 of the buildings around the area. Wow. So now it's, you know, yes, you can go to the Cubs game or you can go to the rooftop, which is officially, you know, connected to the Cubs. And that's kind of weird. And it kind of takes away from the experience a little bit, I guess. Yeah, it definitely uh, takes away from the sort of like chicago-ness of the experience to me the sort of like working class of it all that we because to me it's also like these teams and and the the cut like i remember was it last year that kyle schwarber is like we have more working class fans than la which is like come on man first of all why is this the fight that we're all having like this (laughs) it's not a race to the bottom but it's like this race to like purity or something it's like and I had that argument. I was like, have you ever been to L.A.? Like, there's a, it's not all people that are in Hollywood. Like, it, yes, Rob Lowe goes to the games. But there are also, like, so many Dodger fans that, you know, have, like, I don't know, taco carts. And that's their job. Like, that's working class to me. So you need it feels, to tell me that everyone's not a Hollywood star. I mean to there. tell you that, Parker. That is, <laughs> that is just... 
shocking i know it's i'm shocking upending shocking. everything every stereotype i'm but, just gonna assume that everyone from la is like you know in in the movies yeah and everyone, everyone is from, paris uh, hilton west west virginia is a is a coal miner a coal miner for sure <laughs> exactly <You know? laughs> no one's gay everybody's no one. straight uh they all love baseball um but yeah the the sort of and you you got at this too of like it turning into like ricketsville which is yeah, yeah. fascinating to just like because what's what is also so great about Wrigley Field is that it is part of the city in a way that, you know, some of these other stadiums like Angel Stadium or the new Atlanta Stadium, like the suburbs of it, you know, where like these stadiums aren't integrated in the city in the way that they originally were. And so the rooftops being this sort of like, well, we can't get to these games and look, we can watch this from up here is such a Chicago thing to do, you know? Oh, yeah. And it, and it just it. it uh intertwines the the field and the fans and the people and 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 over the course of time because that wasn't like you said in those photos it wasn't there before and then there's it's also cool to see those bleachers up there because it's like oh chicago we like do our own shit but then you're like oh but it's owned by the thing like that's not right they're they're already making so much money i don't understand why you can't just like have like a handshake deal i mean i do understand because capitalism but yeah uh you know, it's it's like baseball gets to double dip, like the the Kyle Schwarber thing of like we have more working class fans. It's like because the people that are like going yeah to that statement are probably so rich. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. you don't get you to know, like it's... double dip the whole thing and be like we're this huge corporation, which is essentially what you're saying. With we're not the lovable losers anymore because not only did we win, it's 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 a big uh, behemoth money printing structure now. Yeah, yeah. And and one one thing that, you know, I think a lot of people sort of forgot about is one of the first things the Ricketts family did when they when they uh, were uh, were in talks to buy to, to buy the Cubs because the Tribune was debating not selling Wrigley Field with the Cubs and selling them separately. And so the Ricketts family was like, hey, we might move the team out to the suburbs, out to Rosemont. I was going to ask you if that is something yeah. you thought would be on the radar, but that I didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. So Man. they like they, they thought about doing that, which kind of flies in the whole face of the whole, um, you know, Tom, one one of the the stories that came out was, you know, Tom, Tom Ricketts was was saying that oh, when I uh, you know, when I was in college or whatever, I I lived in an apartment right. across the street from Wrigley, and you know, I'm so a fan. <laughs> yeah, so, you no, know, you weren't. <laughs> like you weren't. You were just living in an apartment across from, from Wrigley, you know, and so. So you had that, and so he's that was his whole thing. Like I'm, I'm a fan first, and this is going to be so cool. And you know, it was then they threatened to like leave the city and go out to Rosemont, which I don't want to go to Rosemont. Rosemont no. is not it's it's not you know for for pretty much everyone <laughs> listening who isn't like you know. Um, isn't sure where what Rosemont even is, but it's like something like it's like thirty minutes outside the city. It's kind of by the airport. It's uh, it's in like the middle of nowhere, and it would have sucked to to move yeah. the team out there. And for it, the city the, fans, but for yeah, the suburbs well, fans, oh, I bet they would have been excited. Because oh, probably like, these yeah. these suburbs like there. I've spent a lot of time in many of the northwestern suburbs in Chicago. And there are no White Sox fans there. It's all Cubs fans. Yep. And it's yeah. almost like living in those suburbs, you have to be a Cubs fan. And so yeah, well, I'm curious what 
that, you know, like what a suburbs person would think of that, you know? Yeah. You know, I think, but I think that like a big part of like the Cubs charm is Wrigley Field. I think so too. You know, it's, it's such an important part, but also, you know, as you were kind of saying that, you know, having it in the city is, is something that, you know, you don't see a lot anymore. Now you see a lot of, you know, teams putting their stadiums on the outskirts of a city or in the suburbs of a city nearby, you know, that's that sort of thing. And, you know, the Cubs are in, you know, in the city, the, you know, the Bulls and the Blackhawks play at the United Center, which is, it's kind of out, out of the way for a lot of people, though it's like not too far from downtown. So that's cool. The, you know, the, the oh, yeah. bears are also technically in, in downtown at Soldier Field. <laughs> so, so there's the thing from a 2014, you know, uh, Deadspin has this article every year at the start of the NFL season, why your team sucks. And in 2014, there was why your team sucks, the Chicago Bears. And it's and there's like a section where it's hear it from Bears fans. And then so it was uh, they would write in and one guy wrote Soldier Field, despite theoretically being located in downtown Chicago, is about as accessible as a 19th century whaling post. One side <laughs> is bordered by a frigid lake and the other by a Scooby-Doo style railroad yard. The only remaining option is to walk 30 minutes through a series of tunnels that act as amplifiers for every bucket drummer in Cook County, which oh, wow. is accurate. You know, very like accurate. So- it's so accurate. And I, I said that to my dad and he started laughing because um, we, because my dad has season tickets to the Bears. So we, we would, we'd go to a lot of Bears games and, and before they renovated Soldier Field, uh, it was kind of, uh, they those tunnels didn't yet exist. So it was really like, hey, you can go over this rickety bridge or you can try to run across railroad tracks, wow. which they definitely don't recommend running across the tracks, but it was so much faster. Yeah, of course. And so, yeah. Classic so Chicago, too. Because, because my dad uh, was was not super concerned about safety, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, but yeah, it was so, so you know, I'm, I'm glad the Cubs stayed, but it's, it's one of those situations where it, they were... Probably just trying to use leverage to, of course, get the city to make some concessions. Just a nice threat. So it, you know, yeah, you know, you know, like a little little, little threat. To Classic keep, to, capitalist you know. threat. That's as a fan of a team. That's what you want to do is make want. the other fans feel very threatened that they're going to lose <laughs> their team to somewhere else. Yeah. As somebody so, who know. grew up Cleveland Browns adjacent, I'll tell you, it's a real it's a real rough ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's God, that, the the browns like that situation like anytime a team moves and then wins like a immediately Super Bowl, so immediately Im- immediately like, <laughs> you know it was like oh, oh yeah plus and i feel like it happened again like i did not get committed to this like in any way but uh you know baker mayfield was really exciting and they actually picked up players instead of yeah. only buying a quarterback and like they won games and like it was just really fun because I never was a football fan at all, but it was fun this year to just kind of like be, oh my God, go Browns. Like, great. This is awesome because I feel happy for people. And then they immediately pick up that like horrific player. And I'm just like, yeah. well, that was fun for like however many months that was. And I'll be not doing this anymore. Um, but I'm curious. So to like sort of wrap it up, how how are you feeling as a fan going into this season? And it can be generally about baseball or the Cubs, or both. I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on both. Sure. Um, I. I mean, I think that I think the Cubs are. It's the the Cubs are going to be 
good, but they're not. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think they're they're 2016 good. I don't think they're mm-hmm. necessarily 2017 or 2018 good. Um, but they're going to be fine. You know, hopefully Chris. Hopefully Chris Bryant kind of has bounces back from he had you know he had pretty pretty meh season yeah um which you know i guess is is fine given that you know he went rookie of the year mvp world series winner you know like the fine he can have an off season it's it's okay <laughs> sure but oh he, can you know, i pose so, this it's just popped into my head in the middle of this so i don't mean to interrupt yeah, you but yeah. th- this is no, something that i i just and I don't know how much I put into it because I don't really believe in superstitions as much as I used to anymore, but it's also like very ingrained in me as a belief system. So they're still uh-huh. present, you know, so I'm, I'm both ways. But when they made the rings and they put the goat on it, I was like, why would you do that? Because yeah, to me, like <laughs> they brought it back in by doing that. Like, be stoked that you like broke the curse. But like you put the goat, you brought the goat back in. You brought it back in. And they had they had a hundred hundred eight diamonds on the rings, which is which is a crazy just a, an absurd number of stones. It's an absurd number of stones yeah, and the goat. Uh, I mean, but see, I mean, ever since one of those they rings just, like up close because they have them on display. Yes, there. Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> I, I will admit, I did cry. There was like a sports center something that was like a real quick story about the people that gave the rings out and. That did get the shit out of me. I definitely cried at that. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I, I, I for sure cried at that. Um, so Chris Bryant, you're hoping that he yeah. bounces back. Yeah. he, I, I, Chris Bryant, I, I just like, he just seems like such a fun loving guy. And it's, it's one of those things where I, I hope that I never find out that he has like really terrible politics or like in a, you know, in his spare time listens to Nickelback or something, you know, like I, I, I hope that he can always remain just this, this smiling, happy, you know, awesome baseball player who makes me melt into a puddle. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> He's very attractive. And, uh, he, he he certainly is, you know. He's, he's got he's got very very nice eyes and teeth, and uh, you know other other <laughs> yeah. human human features. <laughs> so um, yeah. So anyway, but like you know, Chris Chris Bryant. Hopefully, he's coming back from from that rough uh, sort of season. You know, as far as pitching is concerned, eh, I mean, you, you've got Lester kind of getting up there in years. Um, though he, you know, he had a pretty decent year. It's he shouldn't. They sh- Madden shouldn't have pulled him last year. Yeah, yeah, that that did kind of <laughs> Madden makes bad decisions. They to me in 2016 they won despite his bad despite management. his yeah because what did they they pulled uh, they pulled uh, Kyle um, Hendricks. Oh yeah, Kyle Hendricks. What was that like four innings in or something? Like yeah, they that? pulled a Rich Hill. You know, I mean, yeah, I, no. I'm saying this with Dave Roberts in the back of my mind, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, also Cleveland had a depleted rotation, so. You were also working against that, which was a pretty yeah. great gift. Um, you know, if Trevor Bauer didn't Trevor Bauer, then I don't know that they would have won. But hey, that's not what happened. So congrats yeah. well, on your hey, World I, series. <laughs> you know, I, well, also, also, just to you know, just to kind of put this out there, I think that one of the one of the few times that having home field advantage works against you. Oh, agree. Uh, yeah, was when um, 
when you had Kyle Schwarber who like couldn't run. Yes. <laughs> you know, but you know, he would, he would be the DH whenever it was a, it was a game in Cleveland. So you had, you had that, which that, was kind yeah, of, it totally worked against. Nice. And also <laughs> despite the fact that everybody was so like thirsty for Wrigley games, I feel like they were, it was so much pressure, you know, which is why Cleveland took two out of three of those, right? The first two. And then you guys yeah, won the last so. one. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that was what was so, and then it ended up working in the favor because if you had the majority of game, anyway, I just think it's, it's that series is so unique, you know, in, in all these things lining up for everything to, to work out in the way that they did. Uh, yeah. And it yeah, was, it I was. mean, it was like the two teams with the longest droughts, like what a perfect, it was so good. And then the year was- after that, 200 plus win teams, uh, too bad the Astros cheat, you know, um, but whatever. And then last year was pretty boring <laughs> and a uh, pretty lame uh, World Series. But I don't know. I, I personally am like I have I, I think, you know, Red Sox, Yankees again. But like I, in the National League, I don't know. St. Louis yeah, is looking lot. pretty great. They have a great rotation. Um, it, it's, it's hard to say. Well, you still have like. You know Harper and Machado kind of like floating around, which is who knows insane. where. It's insane. It really is, and it's, they're just like tanking the market. They're clearly like colluding to not. It's it's bonkers. It it really is, which you know again kind of gets gets at this whole like you know the because people I I don't know I I don't understand how people take the owner side in this. Like, what does it matter? It's not like anyone's if the owners spend less money on players, it's not like they're going to lower the ticket prices. No, they never do. You know, they're going to you know, raise yeah, them and like, make more money. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> the savings don't come back to you, guys. It's it's it is always weird to me to take the owner side because that person probably also hates their boss. And like, do you yeah. realize that that's your boss? And like, but that's why you take that side because you're hearing these other employees who make way more money than you complain and you're like well screw you because i don't make that much money and i don't get to play baseball but that's yeah. not what it is like they are you and they want what's best for the game too and you always should side with the worker but they don't it's hard to see multi-million dollar uh workers as workers yeah. you know yeah, but people exactly. to, you see them as the yeah. person living the dream exactly you know? and like the, most of them are pretty aware of that but they yeah. have worked and they're giving up a lot of their time and their lives and their health for this and i think they should be paid for that and then you have a lot of players like sean doolittle who are fighting you know like saying this stuff about new era that's a huge he's got putting a huge target on his back and uh but standing up for people that ultimately have nothing to do with his paycheck whatsoever, but that's not what that person is about. You know, he's like mentioning vendors, the people, the janitors who clean and the people who work in concessions. Like it is a whole business, you know, and the players and the people who sell the hot dogs should be treated fairly, you know? No, seriously. Well, and, and, and that's, I don't like, I think, I really don't think it can be stressed enough how important it is to have people willing to take stands like like that like yes. Sean Sean is just because it's not you know when it's and it's kind of, and that kind of goes for all sorts of issues just kind of in general it's like the the importance of of um of people in better 
positions to negotiate and better positions of, you know, they have leverage, yes. you know, that, that sort of thing. And that's why, you know, in that, in that thread, cause I think, what was it? It's a new era is thinking about shutting down a factory or something yep. along those lines mm-hmm. or changing production. And so he, he kind of calls on, um, the baseball, you know, players union to, to, you know, su- support the workers, you know, against that, which is, that's very, very cool. And I think that, you know, it's sort of, is it's uh it's like the the importance of having uh good allies in anything and you know he's he's clearly not trying to speak for any of the workers but he's just trying to boost a message of and course help because i wouldn't you know, know about out. it if he didn't say yeah, anything well exactly how, how often, it, like you have to dig in to find the things and ultimately and and i'm glad that you brought up the like having allies too because i look at all of this as sort of unionizing whether it's for pay or for you know, uh, just like treating each other with dignity. Like it's all, yeah. we're all collective, trying to collectively bargain. And I yeah. mean, Kurt Flood lost his career unionizing mm-hmm. and, and, and fighting the like indentured servitude of old MLB contracts. And like he mm-hmm. was sacrificed for that. But if you can have Sean Doolittle and then, you know, like Colin McHugh was tweeting about these, uh, contracts and you start getting people vocal, then you can't tank everybody. You just can't do it because there's too many people who are too aware and too vocal. And that's, I think, you know, to go back to what I was saying about a younger generation sort of backing off of this stuff, like I'm really stoked to see that this has been the benefit of social media is that there's baseball players who get on and say things like that. Cause now I'm aware and I know what's going on and everybody is working towards a common goal, which is like, let's make this better, you know? And I think it's going to be a wild couple of seasons where (laughs) it's going to be a lot of conversation. Um, But I do think it's moving towards betterness, I guess. Yeah. I I mean, you know, and then it's obviously like there are some people who, um, you know, kind of kind of end up having the the opposite effect. You have your your Kurt Schillings of the world, (laughs) you know, Um, but it's it's give and take. And it's it's that that's I mean, that's another big change since, you know, in things that are always changing in baseball is, you know, I didn't know what any player on any team thought about anything. And now I do because because of, you know, because of this, which is which is cool. And you learn about cool things like, you know, not that this is it's a cool thing, but it's you know, you learn about things you wouldn't have otherwise learned about, Um, you know, social media connects us in that way. And it's it, it has these, you know, powers for good or or bad, depending on how you, you know, wield them. So change is, change is complicated. I think that's that's the yeah, theme of the always, piece that I wrote. Yeah. It's the theme of everything in the world, and you know that, and that's that's kind of that's how I end that piece. You know, where I where I say that like a lot of change in life. You know, it's hard right. to say whether everything that's happened is good or bad, and maybe when we're you know, if when when people that that feeling that you feel at the end of a season when your team comes up short, it's it's that you had this thing going on. The season was happening and it was leading all these positive places. And then suddenly it just stops. Like, I think part of that feeling is just like it's change. It's not necessarily like, oh, they lost and I am so connected in this one one way. But it's, oh, this thing that was happening is no longer happening. This connection that I had with all these people who were cheering on the same team suddenly stopped, you know, like that yeah. sort of that sort of thing. And it sends this like feeling through your your whole system kind of questioning um, 
<laughs> questioning things. And I think that that's really sort of, sort of fascinating. You know, the, the more that I can inject a little like social science into, <laughs> um, you know, my, my thoughts on sports, I think that that's, that's always kind of a, you know, a, a fun thing to do. So, every, yeah. so that's why every once in a while I'll, you know, I'll pick up the laptop and write something about the Cubs or the Bulls or the uh, Bears or whatever. It's it's always Chicago. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I think I think I'm just sort of the go-to person for uh, for pieces about Chicago sports teams, which is which is fine. Like that's when I'll get like emails from like. Uh, my editor at the Guardian who'll just be like, "Hey, you want to write about whatever?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I have some thoughts." <laughs> yeah, I mean, keep doing that because yeah, I mean, we definitely it's need. Good time. It is a good time. Um, Parker, speaking of good times, it's been such a great time talking to you. And, yeah, thanks uh, so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I can't agree with you more. Like change and being in the middle of like winning and losing is kind of the best place to be at. You know, there's so much possibility. Yeah. You know, once you've won, you've won. And then now what are you going to do? Um, so yeah. that's a spot that I'm trying to live in, you know. All uh, right. So it's been really wonderful having you. And uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. I will talk to you later. Yeah. What a wonderful interview that was. I had such a great time talking to Parker. Um I just want to give a shout out to Parker for being on the show. Thanks for that. Check out, uh, number one, all of their writing. Specifically, that Guardian piece will be up in the show notes, so you should definitely read that piece. Um, they also have a piece from last year, I think, on Murphy. Uh, so check out all the Their baseball writing is fantastic. I enjoy it. Um, so thanks so much for listening. I want to let everybody know I'm going to be back out on the road. I'll be in Chicago on March first at Thalia Hall, then I'll be at the Gramercy Theater in New York on the 2nd of March, and then I'll be at the Vermont Comedy Club the 7th through the 9th. There's going to be five shows there, so please come out and support one of those. I'd love to say hi, sell you a patch or something like that. And then uh, March 19th through the 23rd, I'll be at the Amphibian Stage in Fort Worth, Texas. So Texas, please come out. There's a bunch of shows, uh, at least one every night. So please pick up some tickets for that. I would love to see you. Um, give us a follow on all of our social media, at Three Swings Pod and at Rhea Butcher and at Forever Dog network something like that <laughs> give it rate and review tell a friend um also please send in some questions for the rosin bag because we're a little bit low on powder there so please uh send me some questions for next week and we'll get into those uh and as always if you liked it you liked it forever dog this has been a forever dog production Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook. What's standing between you and happiness? Is it you? Are your own feelings a roadblock preventing you from achieving your goals? Have you thought about talking to someone but are uncertain or unsure of where to start? BetterHelp.com online counseling is there for you. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with licensed professional counselors, caring professionals specializing in the issues that you want to talk about. Depression, stress and anxiety, trauma, grief, self-esteem and others. Connect with your counselor in a safe and private environment. 
Get help at your own time and at your own pace. You can even get help with, I don't know, anger issues with your baseball team, perhaps? Schedule secure video and phone sessions or text your therapist, all included worldwide, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. And for Three Swings listeners, you can get 10% off your first month with discount code BASEBALL. If you've been wanting to get started talking today, go to betterhelp.com baseball and simply fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get you matched with a counselor that you'll love and one that you can always change. That's betterhelp.com slash baseball, promo code baseball. 